Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We're the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, adventures around Portland. That's right. <laughs> that was a weird pause. <laughs> oh. I was letting you roll with it. Oh, oh. I was like, he's got were this. You, were you expecting it? Made it sound more adventurous. Uh, I mean, it, 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 no, it was like it, it was the, the lead up to the adventure. We had oh. to let that. It was a, a pregnant pause oh, okay. of anticipation Crap. towards that, our topic. Did I ruin it? No. No. Oh, okay. We're good. It's the internet. We can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so they tell me. Um, yeah, we've got some folks associated with Cordilleran Tours in the house for this evening. Um, from, I guess, my left to our right. Oh, we're, we're around Portland Tours now. Around yes. Portland Tours. Well, yeah, I I'm say, already like, learning something. Of of yeah. <laughs> well, we've got the folks from Around Portland Tours <laughs> this evening. Uh, thank you all so much for being in the studio. Uh, starting with my left, who have we got as part of uh, the crew? Maddie Carlson. I'd, oh, I didn't count how many times I've been here before, oh. but this is my first time as an Around Portland tour, yes. tour guide. But once again, not by yourself. Never. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah Gilbert. Um, I have also never been here by myself. This is my third is this time. Your third time? Mm-hmm. That's right. I think I was. Was I by myself last time? Were you? I think it was. I oh. think so. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edwin Skog, and yeah, I haven't been here by myself either. But second time on. I win. Yeah. Wait, Aaron, have you ever been it's, here by yourself? Um, well, like, like all I would alone? say about a half hour ago. When I was setting the place up. Uh, I don't know if I ever did like just a, a pod. Well, no, that's not true. I feel true. like you have. Like no I one have. showed up. You're just here alone. I have. Well, not even necessarily that. Or like <laughs> I've banked a a interview. Mm. And so then this was way, way back when we were in the IPRC. And I would go and uh, record the intros and, and all that other stuff by myself. Cool. And then just roll the interview. I'd like to mention too that. Uh, we also recorded yesterday, and yes. when I biked up to the studio, I my first thought was, oh, shit, like, there's no lock on that. <laughs> oh, because I left was the like, doors open today. Well, there was no lock um, on the trail. It was completely dark, and so I just, like, do a little pass-by on my bike, and Aaron, oh, like, the silhouette yes. of Aaron is just there in his in his seat. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, I guess I'll lock up my bike and see what's I going will, on. I'll just swing back around. Yep. <laughs> and, and then you turn the lights on and I was like, oh, it's Aaron, thank goodness. I was just kind of sitting here, yeah, wasn't I? I was, it was, I was pretty zoned out. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Everybody needs a zone uh, every now and then. Um, well, yeah, thank you around Portland Tours, everybody, for being here. I was doing my research prior to the show, and that would make sense because your last blog post on the previous uh, website was from back in the springtime. And I was like, hey, what have those folks been up to? Um, Sarah, maybe perhaps to take it, uh, tell us a little bit about the transition uh, from springtime into present and uh, what is around Portland tours and yeah, all that jazz. Yeah, we, um, well, first of all, Maddie joined us as a member of the ownership team in March. Uh, so now we have, we're all women owned. Well, you know, 
Edwin has some. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but we're majority women owned still, which is awesome. And um, and we needed a brand that would really um, be approachable and also um, fit the new walking tours that we launched in, in the spring. So we have now a bunch of uh, walking tours that just uh, focus on the center city. Uh, but our most popular one has been the Forest Park Hiking Tour, which Maddie has been taking out a lot. Okay, nice. So we've now expanded our profile and also, um, I think, done a really good job of focusing on the things that we care about the most, which are, you know, really active tours, but active tours that are um, meant to be accessible. Okay, gotcha. I I, um, was noticing with your most recent blog post, you were doing uh, like writer retreat or hikes out in the gorge. Um, Is Around Portland Tours still encompassing the gorge or it's it's more moved into that Portland focus? We're always in the gorge, I'd say. Between Edwin and I, um, if we're not in the gorge every day, twice a day, it's a surprising day. Gotcha. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's great. Uh, There's definitely a few uh, tour companies around, especially for walking in downtown um, and folks like close into Portland, there's been, <laughs> I feel like that it's own little like microorganism of like tour companies that do walking tours around. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that respect, there's always room for one more. And I think that the, especially with the perspective that um, we talked about last time that Cordilleran was bringing to the process, um, I'm excited to hear that that is also being um, explored more locally as well. Yeah, we're really enjoying, um, you know, being in in different places uh, in the city and at a slower pace. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's nice, too, because I mean, like as much as I love the Gorge, it's also great to be, you know, if you're traveling into PDX, you can take the Max into downtown and then you can take your feet to Forest Park. Um, So like it ties in really nicely in that regard. Yeah, we have um, uh, planned our Forest Park tour so you can take transit there and uh, it's a one way um, a journey which no other forest park hiking tour does. There's only a few other very small um, uh, tours. And, and then at the end, you can pick up transit at the other end and and get on your way and do something else fun. Mm-hmm. Is I have to ask, uh, Saltzman, exit route? No, no. We, okay. we, we start um, over by the Clearing Cafe. Okay. Number 15 bus goes right there. Yeah, nice. That's great. Um, well, shoot, before I like get too much into it, uh, <laughs> we, should, all right. we should, we should catch up. Uh, how, how was your week, Aaron? How and was my week yesterday? How, how was your week yesterday? <laughs> well, we didn't really chat about we, weeks yesterday. We didn't. We really like just barreled right into it it's yesterday. True. Um, we've been, we've been into the barreling into. Yeah. It's, it's been a good week. I've solved with a lot of problems at work. Nice. Um, that always makes me feel good whenever, uh, logistics are involved mm-hmm. and, and this is like I'm gonna do a little self pat on the back that I I don't know just this sense of accomplishment I really feel like this is where my brain is meant to like have its energy spent. Nice, so that's cool. That's great. Um, in the meantime, an anniversary is coming up. Mm. Five years with Miss Anna, and yeah, so congratulations. We're, we're pretty excited <laughs> this weekend. We're gonna try to get away and you know, sweet, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so no no buses in the river and uh, get to hang with your boo. Exactly. Exactly. We have yet to put a bus in the river. Nice. Knock on Formica. It's one of those like um, real life imitating comedy. Like you, you know that somebody has driven there 
something into the lake because of GPS. But, Be- oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I, I reference the office far too often. Um, anywho, the, yeah. I've done a lot of like eye in the sky directions though. Okay. I think that's pretty fun. Uh, I don't know how the driver experiences it, but mm. I've done a lot of like watching the bus on, you know, the big screen on the GPS and then giving directions around various obstacles. Okay. And, and that and being it updates like, frequently enough these days that yeah, it's pretty on. Yeah. It's obviously not live. I would say there's maybe 30 seconds to a minute and a half delay, depending on how much traffic it has to keep track of. Gotcha. Um, which is great. The old system used to be 15 minutes, mm-hmm. up to 15 minutes of yeah, delay. Yeah, that's hard to make <laughs> actionable uh, yeah. decisions upon. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, my week yeah. was pretty par for the course, I guess. Um, yeah. There was a band in town I'd been looking forward to seeing that I was able to go to uh, by the name of Crumb. And oh, they, had right. a, they yeah. had a really fun show over at the Wonder Ballroom. I think the lead singer was sick, perhaps, um, but like put on a good show. That's just my assumption. Um, but it just reminded me how much like, I don't know, something that's been different about growing up in Eastern Oregon versus um, like living in Portland is I feel like and I go to like a lot of different types of music events, but like people in Portland are afraid to get their boogie on uh, <laughs> it, for some reason. Just like, it doesn't matter like what a, I go it's to. It's like a too cool for school kind of feel. Uh, or well, it's do you definitely think it's like a stand there just... and like nod your head uh-huh. <laughs> kind of deal. Um, but like, I was just like ready to, uh, yeah, dance around and um, was reminded <laughs> not too many people yeah. are into that. I, no. I think like, in eastern oregon you get concerts like that so infrequently that you're like oh i've got to make the best out of this right, so like right. yeah i'm gonna move my body but um <laughs> granted i haven't gone to like a salsa concert or something like that so maybe i'm just picking uh the wrong cards out of the deck right yeah. hippier music is what you need Hippier. yeah yeah totally i did see a grateful dead cover band uh a, a, f- a few well i guess it was about a year now ago at this point but yeah it's true there there's there's some folks um getting down with that one so um yeah but that was fun it was yep. it was kind of an average week otherwise um nothing to report other elsewise from the <laughs> yeah, home that's front. all right yeah um so yeah uh around portland tours thanks for catching up i i feel like i missed our, our weekly um yeah we did kind of like just barrel right into camp, things campsite <laughs> chat or, that's, or that's all right yeah. yeah totally well we get to catch up today yeah because um, i had no idea what you were doing even though we spent two hours together <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Maddie, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Around Portland Tours and what it's been like. Um, I mean, I think it just comes from knowing and adoring Sarah for I don't know how many years now. Um, because before I lived here even, I knew all the other bike moms from Twitter. Uh, so Is there a Twitter bike mom group? Oh, yeah. Are there okay. Twitter yeah. groups? I don't. I don't even know how well, to make a list on Twitter. Well, we, I mean, we do have a kind of a, a, <laughs> yeah. a crew. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. For cool. sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Nice. <laughs> There's all a right. private Twitter group of all the bike moms. Okay. <laughs> Somehow cool. you're a part of it, even though you don't I created know it. it. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, if anybody um, needs access, they can admin to you. So yeah, I mean, you know, biking moms make wonderful tour guides. So mm-hmm. it's Sarah, very true. Yeah. Asked me if I wanted to help. Of course, I said. I'd, I'd love to. And, and, you know, I've always led a lot of uh, volunteer bike rides mm-hmm. uh, uh, for kids and for um, just uh, anything for Cascade Bicycle Club when I was in Seattle. So mm-hmm. it's a logical progression. 
Um, and I was just realizing the other day being uh, a tour guide is a lot like getting to mom everyone. And oh. I just love. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. Ma- Maddie's more of a mom than I am. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and, and so when you say that, like I have been guided as well, like what, what, what um, nuances, like what, being a mother what does that bring to the uh like just hey like, you know you have this flock following you okay. and um where our bikes are awesome and have fenders and mm-hmm. every once in a while fenders rub so you know if they're they say maddie maddie is it supposed to make this sound i'll say hang on i'm gonna fix your fender sweetie yeah. i mean except for the sweetie part but you know i do call people sweeties sometimes <laughs> Sweetie in the nice yet. way, not the not the like sweetie. <laughs> I got to tie oh, a shoe the other day. Okay. <laughs> Bachelor parties. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, um, I, I got to tie a shoe the other day. Yeah. That, that oh, was nice. fun. Yeah. Cool. And and teach how to tie mm-hmm. the knot Wait. I learned in preschool. It's a it's a good knot. It's the Scar Star King knot it, uh, named after the the preschool I went to in Santa Barbara. Um, it, it's a really good. Bow. I, I could show you off, I, off the radio. Yes, I'm so into tying shoes. Yeah, yeah. It's and, hard to explain, lacing, so I had to just do it. Shoes. Oh, okay. Yes. I can't wait. Nice. Yeah. Um, you should wait. take a look at my laces. When you oh, get okay. A Maybe chance. you don't need me. I feel like you do, though. This is that good of a knot. <laughs> but but knowledge is power. Yeah, and exactly. There's always it's always nice to learn something. Yeah. Um, when did you get involved? So um, I guess starting yeah two years ago now maybe more um, so just doing a little bit here and there and and it's so fun so yeah when I could join as um, a partner I jumped at it nice awesome um, I'm so I'm curious too like on that tangent like uh, I maybe in the ways that are, is possible to relate like it definitely feels like when you are guiding you have people kind of like under your care um, have you have you found like that sometimes uh, you like treat people like your kid per se, or it's more just like that, that the, I don't want to be uh, glib or something like that nurturing instinct of like, Hey, I am like trying to help you here, but you don't know it yet, but I'm totally helping you. <laughs> um, no, they're all good kids. Okay. Good. good kids. <laughs> they're all great kids. Awesome. You didn't have to send anyone to time out or anything. Yeah. So far. No. Okay. Um, what's the age range for folks who go on tour? Well, we've had everything. I mean, I think our oldest is probably in uh, close to 80 yeah. and we've had babies. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, close to i mean yeah toddlers yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. like so in like bike kid seats and stuff yeah wow we can accommodate anyone so this makes me wonder do they come with their own bikes a lot of times then or oh very rarely in fact we actually suggest you don't we did have a situation where two of our tour guests decided to bring their own bikes Uh um to portland they were coming from somewhere in california oakland i think and uh they got their bike stolen the night before they used a cable lock yeah it was really sad she was worried we wouldn't be able to fit her we could as it turned out oh goodness yeah that i feel like is a whole nother um quintessential portland experience (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and maddie helped them post their bikes on the bike index and one we got one of them back oh we we actually just shipped it off a couple weeks ago wow um that's fantastic because i feel like it what i tell folks a lot of times with bike index is um hey your chance is more than zero you know but 50 (laughs) percent is pretty good right i thought it was pretty fantastic 
Yeah. And it was in perfect shape, and the person who brought it back didn't want anything. He was really, yeah, wow, nice. That was really nice. He, said yeah. he he had lost a bike and not gotten it back, and so he was happy that somebody else did. Yeah, totally. Especially yeah, when you get the chance to like pay it forward, um, it's a, it's a good feeling. Uh, do you get to like help? So you're who constructs the roots? Like, what do you decide to do? When? How? What? Like, how does that all shake down? Uh, yeah, so the roots are a collaborative effort. So we typically will um, come up with something and then we'll invite the others to come ride on it. And then we uh, we collaborate on, well, maybe we should go this way. And then we try that. And mm-hmm. if it works, then we're like thumbs up and we do it. And, uh, you know, the, the goal is to, you know, keep it under... A uh, certain number of miles, a uh, certain number of elevation gain, and then also key points of interest. And then number one is safety. So is this route safe? Um, and that's like our key points. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have um, tours that are sort of dictated by expressed interest or do you sort of t- think about what your um, strong points are and like your your uh vaults of knowledge and then kind of like try to come around with tours from that perspective or how do you approach it at the very beginning well we typically will pick um some key points of interest that we want to go to okay and then from there uh if there's something that's near enough to a route that we construct we add other things in okay so we got the main points and then secondary points of interest gotcha yeah nice yeah We've had several cases where somebody suggested a, a theme for a tour or an idea, something that they wanted to see, and we started playing around with it, and it became a you know, really great tour. And usually those have several iterations. One of us will come up with a route that we love, and then someone else will say, no, that's not safe enough, or no, that's not, I don't like that, you know, this element of it, and come up with a completely different route. Um, we had a, a a couple of instances where that happened. One was the Urban Winery bike tour, which um, has gone through several iterations, and now Edwin has his very favorite route. Nice. Um, and another is the Simpsons bike tour, which okay. we are just Ooh. launching. <laughs> gotcha. uh, we actually have not. That's going to be popular. We have not run that one for a tour guest yet, but it is Ooh. super fun. Um, I, I have not read, written the route yet. Both Maddie and Edwin have um, have come up with separate routes, and we've kind of meshed them together. Okay. And but the narrative is super strong. It's really interesting. We've decided that Portland is the real Springfield. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go by the Ned Flanders sign? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for folks out out of Oregon, uh, Matt. I never pronounce it. Graining. Thank you. Um, we just call him Matt, so we don't have to worry yeah. about messing up. <laughs> Matt's Matt. based out of Portland. Well, based out of Oregon, uh, at the very least. And there's been this long... Well, he went to high school here. Oh, did he? Yeah. And oh. elementary school, Spring, well, Springfield Elementary, as we have discovered, ah. was the model, um, was modeled after Chapman Elementary. And okay. his bullies huh? at uh, at Chapman are the bullies oh. in, in the Springfield uh, Elementary School. And it is so said funny. that they are named after them 
Oh, interesting. I they're, wonder if they watch the show and are just like, oh, I've made poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think so. Okay. People are narcissists. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, is it Lincoln High School? Yep. Is the one? And that has a uh, cement block that he actually drew Bart and mm. signed. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Gotcha. It's kind of like the uh, author wall or the author pillar of Powell's or such. Yeah. Uh, swell. Um, so you've been doing bike tours and you've been doing walking tours for a while making that transition. Was it bike and walking from the very get go or was uh, walking added after a fashion? And if so, what are some of the differences between those two that you have to consider on approach? Well, um, it, yeah, they're very different. So we decided this spring, um, that, uh, you know, we saw some, kind of empty space opportunities as you can say it in the walking tour world um, that we wanted to fill and so we started developing a number of different things and what we wanted to do was to have walking tours that were longer and more active um, than others we also um, had saw a few places where there just wasn't any coverage there's no regularly held walking tours on the east side for instance and we think the east side is amazing um and that's where our shop is <laughs> and not super hilly no not super <laughs> hilly yeah walking tours on the west side i mean they're pretty cool mm-hmm. and they have stairs but there's also a lot of hills yeah yeah and uh, you know that we saw this great opportunity to um, help address a challenge that we perceived that we often saw people for that took driving tours or bike tours with us and we're talking about forest park people get lost in forest park all the time I can see that. and they also yeah. want to go from northwest portland um you know the lower mcclay mm-hmm. past the witch's castle they want to see Pittock mansion and then they want to go to the rose garden and so we figured it would be a really great um improvement on you know the the services that are offered now to help them do that safely um you know there there's a pedestrian bridge under construction across burnside um but but what the what washington park has told people is that you can't get across of course that's not true there's you know you can easily get across if you walk through the neighborhoods and cross at a crosswalk and you know you can easily and safely get across so mm-hmm. that was one of our goals was to you know to make that easier for people to navigate and also um you know to provide this option of starting your day in northwest portland and and you know going on to other things the rose garden and the japanese garden in the time that you've been putting together tours um what would you say generally are the major like misconceptions that people have upon arrival versus like um what what do they learn so like do people have certain expectations that you feel or or find yourself sort of uh continually informing and if somebody was interested but maybe hasn't taken a walking or biking tour what should they expect and what's a good sort of mindset to approach that from well i think the thing people don't realize the most is how our weather works here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I've the, been here for almost 10 years and I haven't figured it out. But, well, yeah. That is yeah what's, what's your rain policy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another good question. So, um, I mean, the thing is that it's, you see a high of the day and that's not what it is in the morning. And, and this is something that, you know, we always address with our, you know, pre-tour information is wear layers. It's cooler in the morning. People still don't realize that and often come out really chilly, especially on our gorge tours. Mm. Um, 
um, because it's really cold riding oh, down yeah. on a hill in the morning, you know, when, even if it's going to be 85, 90 degrees, um, uh, you know, it's still pretty cold going down the hill. So we have layers is a big issue. Um, and then the percentage rain. What I have taught people um, if they come here is that it, if it says 30% rain, that doesn't mean a 30% chance it's going to rain. That means it's going to rain 30%, 30% of the, the time. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I feel that. <laughs> I've often told people if it's over 20, it's probably going to rain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I think I always see rain on 10 and 20%. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's just not very much of it. And and then, you know, when it, we get to the end of the summer every year, and this, uh, you know, I've been in the tourism industry now for a long time, uh, and there's any rain threatened in the forecast for the next two weeks, people will email and call and say, you know, it's going to rain. You're going to cancel the tour, right? And it could be like a Mount Hood scenic tour, you know. It could be a wine tour. Like people think we're going to cancel the tour in the rain, mm-hmm. and no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> still like, go for it. Yeah, um, a lot of the I don't know an exact number, but quite a few of the folks that I have taken on tour have at some point eventually come to live in Portland, and that was always one of the things I'd talk to them about. Is like the rain check factor. Um, so many folks living from or moving from sort of warmer climes, uh, they're like, yeah, okay, let's cancel and then like do that another day. But I feel like people get two weeks out, a month out, three months out. And then at some point it finally like dawns on them. It's like, oh, it's always going to rain. It's always going to rain. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't just go <laughs> do this, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the same applies more on that day basis for the tours. Right. And then there's voodoo donuts. Um, you know, people have been told that they should go to Voodoo Donuts. Um, and they think it's because Voodoo Donuts are really great donuts. I mean, it's really because Voodoo Donuts are very interesting donuts. And I think that's a big misconception that people have, that, mm. that we're not telling you know your friends from wherever you came from, you know, Houston or... Um, you know, Orange County or wherever it is, are not telling you to go to Voodoo because it's the best culinary experience in Portland. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few better. Yeah, there's a what was it? Brad um, of Axiom was saying delicious donuts is uh, yeah his go-to. We had that's a pretty good. We go-to. have another donut episode. Um, yeah. Indeed. Oh my gosh. Oh, we have we've done a number of donut tours. We actually did yeah. one for a big group of Fannie Mae executives. It was really fun. Nice. In terms of um, questions that you get that you find yourselves sort of answering over and over, I know like I would sort of go to um, like my my like comfort response for a lot of types of things. What what do you think is the most common thing that people are curious about to learn about Portland or that they ask on your tours? Um, I, people do want to move here, I think, once they get a look at it. So they always want to know what the cost of living is. And, gotcha. you know, oh, is it, yeah. is so it expensive know, like, to, to live here? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much that. So you get used to breaking so, hearts then, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all relative. I <laughs> came from Seattle so. <laughs> <There you> go, <laughs> and lived in the Bay Area and San, San Diego before yeah, that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, you have to know where people are from and yeah. then you can answer that question. Yeah, totally. 
Um, but yeah, we do a lot of pulling over to look at uh, listings. Oh, really? <laughs> we can pull over oh and look gosh. at the next sales sign if That's you'd like. <laughs> I, have, I actually left one couple at an open house in, oh, that's right. in Arlington Heights, which I usually tell people on my way down the hill that uh-huh. I would never buy a house here. Not that I can afford one, but I would never buy <laughs> a house here because I'm afraid that there will be an earthquake. And I had not said that yet. And they uh. were, and they, we were walking down you know, the hill and they're like, this is where the open house is, isn't it? And they... They went on. They went on. Yeah. I walked them up there. I didn't tell them about the earthquakes. Here's a here's another idea for a walking tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I I mean, there is that that like vein of um, tourism. The like, what if adventure kind of like. Uh, I honestly like, never things thought could of go bad a, kind a of tour that like way. tourism or like, such. Um, oh, the, I see. The stories <laughs> that may be type of tour of like, you know, it's okay today, but guess what? Let me tell you the story. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's, there's a market for that. Oh, speaking of which, uh, one thing I have learned as a tour guide is that Uber drivers are very negative. No. Um, yeah. I mean, That's too I'd bad. say on balance, you know, I mean, of course I don't want to like paint everyone with the same brush, but... I have heard a number of stories from tour guests. They're like, our Uber drivers said that it's too expensive and there's too much traffic and the hmm. schools That's are bad. Yeah, they have so many negative things to say. So, do they realize gonna... that they're part? Sorry, do they realize they're part of traffic? <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of counter that because I'm gonna say maybe it's only Portland Uber drivers because I would take a Uber or a Lyft. Yeah. Uh, in Minneapolis quite often when I was visiting and I I was honestly like sold on Uber because of my experiences in Minneapolis hmm. and then granted I I live here so there's no reason for me to take one regardless maybe, maybe but, it's just those are the stories I hear yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I don't knows? take Ubers myself so yeah. I wouldn't know I have also never Uber <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm a Lyft person myself. Any any Uber drivers or or Lyft drivers right that in. are listening, write it right in. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Tell Especially us how shitty traffic angry. is in Portland. <laughs> I can imagine. So, as somebody who's also in the transportation industry, I can imagine people who make a living in transportation can probably have a pretty negative or come away with a pretty negative view of well and i say transportation what i mean is <laughs> of of automobile transportation and end of traffic it's it's certainly the number one complaint over at the bus yard is the traffic is always bad yeah um and so i guess probably through constant exposure it's a thing that happens yeah, yeah. my 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 best uh, comparison uh, yet lately was a woman from manila um the philippines and uh, I was telling her, you know, how people complain about our traffic, but, you know, like if you come from L.A., it's not that big of a deal. She's has been living in San Francisco and uh, she said that, you know, she's seen L.A. traffic and it's nothing. Yeah. No, nothing to Manila. So <laughs> oh, everything yeah. can always be worse. Oh, that's just right. remember that. Isn't it could that, be it, Manila. It's all just relative. <laughs> totally. Um, in terms of sort of the tour's how long does it take to get like really comfortable with it? Like when you're feeling like, Oh sweet, I'm kind of in my groove. Like what's that, what's that process like? And how do you kind of inform your experience? Cause I feel like, uh, like personally I was always looking to like provide good information, but also like modify because you want to be a good resource, but you also want it to be like fresh and exciting and like relevant to yourself mm-hmm. in addition to having it be that first time experience for other people. 
Well, for me, it just takes a few times. But okay. but yeah, I mean, like a lot of this comes from Sarah's head. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the very first one I led, I, I kept saying, so this is where Sarah used to shop when she lived in this neighborhood. It's our oldest food oh, co-op. It's so funny you say that. So so Jonathan and Carlo were on the show last night, and after the show, we took a walk in Alberta. That was me, like the entire way down Alberta. Like, this was that place that used to be this place that I used to do this thing at. <laughs> um, I, I feel that. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, but it really only takes a few times to like, uh-huh. you know, make it one's own and really get comfortable with because you, you for one thing, you're getting used to the route mm-hmm. and you're getting used to the narrative. Um, but yeah, I mean, and beyond those few times, it just gets easier and easier. Mm-hmm. And, and you pick and choose based on the guests, what you want to, you know, highlight for them, mm-hmm. knowing what they'll find the most interesting. Yeah. And it's so nice to be able to like I like I really like asking questions because I feel like it's it's like a two way experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're learning about a place that's near and dear to you, but you're also learning yeah. about them. And it's so nice when you're able to kind of like meet mm-hmm. in that common ground and really like have a unique uh, dialogue around yeah, what's yeah. happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think Edwin might be good to talk about this too because he went from being completely behind in the back of the shop, you know, uh, fixing the bikes for the tour guides to. And now we have to have other people come in and help us with the mechanic work because he's having so much fun as a tour guide. So maybe we'll yeah. talk to them. <laughs> newly, newly minted tour Done guide. with the wrenches. Yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, I mean, as you step into that role, I mean, you learn the information, you know, maybe Sarah went to this place, you know, this and that. Um <laughs> But you absorb the information and it becomes yours. So you have to develop your own voice. Otherwise, you're just spewing out something that someone else said. So, you know, you you take it, you know, you relate it to your own life. Um, you try to connect it to your guests. So it's uh, you're painting an overall picture of the tour, uh, the community that's around the tour, and uh, you try to immerse your guests into that, so it's a it's a it's a delicate process that um, you know it just comes natural or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, either either you're able to do tour guiding or you're not. So some people can just get into it. You know, I uh, did a lot of back end stuff, and I just knew that this was a process, and you do it or you don't mm-hmm. yeah the the knack so to speak yeah 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 you either have the knack or you you don't have the knack mm-hmm. so under okay. understanding that there's pieces and uh, a machine and if it works it works mm-hmm. yeah i had um i thought that i was the total expert on the gorge and that nobody knew in, as much about the gorge as me and um you know, I'd brought Edwin on countless tours, and then one day, you know, after having been doing separate tours for a long time, we we had to go together because we had some hikers and some uh, hiker-only tour guests and some hikers and bikers. So we, we needed both of us, and he was doing all the narrative and was saying all kinds of things that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. That was not happy for me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like a learning experience. Yeah. It was like, hey, what, what do you know this? Uh, I don't. A schooling experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <dear. laughs> Did you grow up in the gorge or just sort of? Um, No, no. But, uh, you know, you immerse yourself into your uh, environment mm-hmm. and 
you learn it. You know, you, you keep uh, keep absorbing. You find other information. You know, you talk to people in the area. You track down the information, and you become your product. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, when I think of like tour guiding and just kind of, I guess like travel culture in general. Right, right now, there's this, I guess, seeking of authenticity or this this like uh like front that a lot of like advertising will put on of just like the real experience or the true this or the true that uh i'm curious like what each of your takes is like when you show up for a tour like what how do you reconcile that and like what do you bring to it as yourself and and where do you kind of like settle that line in terms of people's expectation versus like hey i'm just a person and like this is this is what i'm doing uh because i always found that um you'd have folks who could sometimes have very preconceived notions and one of the funnest things was not challenging that notion but kind of like deconstructing what was behind it via the tour as a vehicle towards greater understanding (laughs) (laughs) that's very deep um you know i think this happens a lot for us that we um are able to expand on our uber like philosophy of guiding or philosophy of, you know, a certain subject based on the questions that people ask us. I, um, or, you know, the requests that they make or our desire to connect with them. I had a tour recently that was a custom tour and they had asked to go to like food carts and breweries. And, but you know, when we started, they were the, the, it was a couple on their anniversary and, um, Gabrielle, the, um, uh, the woman who had booked the tour, she, um, told me that her husband was an artist and that, you know, he might like to see some art. So I started out going basically on our regular route, um, for our bike around Portland, just our, you know, regular tour, our, our kind of, you know, um, stock, uh, the bread and the butter, the bread and the butter. Yeah. And, you know, it has lots of art in it. And, um, so I was just basically doing what we always do only talking about it like Maddie says you know like this is the co-op that I like to go to (laughs) (laughs) and and at one point you know Gabrielle said this is so authentic and I mean yeah it's authentic but it's just you know like that's the way I want to tell the story of the city Mm. Uh, for you it it just is yeah it's this is the real Portland right it's not like I'm trying to be extra real it's just Mm -hmm. that you know, I mean, we are real people and we have this real relationship with the city and we all love it. I mean, we, you know, we wouldn't be good tour guides if we didn't love what we were doing and love to discover like how the like very complicated stories of, you know, modern times fit into, you know, the history of this place. And it's, that's one of the things that's the most difficult about our job is, you know, translating the complicated times. You know, we get so many international guests who want to know, you know, about why why does America do X? You know, whether oh, it's really? like yeah. vote for Trump or uh, you know own guns despite the violence or uh-huh. whatever the question is. <laughs> yeah. And then we have, I'm just I'm just showing you around the city, man. Yeah. <laughs> and why are there so many homeless people yeah, we get, get from all get, over like, the country? Is downtown safe I, yeah. and like all right, the time. Right. Yeah. So we have to. I mean, you know, part of our job is to not just explain Portland, but explain the world to people, you know, because it's true everywhere. It's just, you know, what, what's, what are you seeing that you're not seeing in your own place? And so, 
you know, that's a, a super complicated topic. And, yeah. Or, you know, are, are there Native American people still left here? Which is a question we get all the time. Or how oh, many really? are there? Huh. And it's like, you know, first of all, you know, for us to settle here, it meant that most of them were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and we did that. Yeah. You get to, like, take your best shot at deconstructing colonialism. In right, right. Two hours. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the story that's usually told, you know, in most tours is the story of the white conqueror, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no conquering. I mean, it was just like an accidental discovery, you know, bumbling along and then being here at the right time, you know, and the after after plagues had, right. had taken most after, of whoops, the competition away. Here's some smallpox, away. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. What was um? What's the most surprising thing that anybody's asked you on tour? What What's caught you most off guard? I've been caught off guard a lot. Yeah, my go through <laughs> my I, my favorite is like I don't know, but I'm happy to look it up when we get back to the shop. <laughs> well, I mean the, the the things that catch you off guard that are the most inane are you know like what's the population of this town? What's mm. the the industry or you know things like that. Um, but at this point I've looked so many things up that I know the answer to most of the things except for, you know, like what's the population of this tiny little town that you're passing through or mm-hmm. gotcha. What did the people do here? We get that question all the time. <laughs> what do okay. the people do here? <laughs> when, wherever you are. <laughs> Can, cannot fathom. Let's not compute. The census is next year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have new numbers for you then. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I actually oh. have said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Check back with me. <laughs> oh, love that. Cool. Um, with, uh, you know, the last time that we had talked and the transitions that's happened in between, what do you think has changed the most about how things are running these days? And um, taking what you knew back at the time that we last chatted, what have you learned from or learned the most in that time? Well, we actually have done some major changes that... Um, uh, we haven't mentioned yet, which is we uh, have negotiated with an Australian company to launch their um, a brand that that they um, run around the world called Urban Adventures. So um, this week, actually, we're launching Portland Urban Adventures. Okay. So we're running two different brands, which is kind of complicated, but you know, fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it gives us access to this this big group of. Uh, other um, international tour operators, which is now making me want to travel everywhere all the time. Yeah, I can't do that yet. But okay, <laughs> is it uh, is it is it similar to like off roads adventures, or mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking of like bike touring, mm-hmm. international stuff specifically. Yeah, Urban Adventures does uh, just um, local focused tours um, in cities all around the world. They have 161 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they focus mostly on walking tours, but okay. there are a few other bike tour operators and lots of people who drive, you know, short distances outside the city like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be you know, doing all those things, um, for them. Uh, but they're just sold through a national audience. So they have a bunch of partnerships with people like the New York times to do mm. co-branded tours and okay. So it just gives us more access to, yeah. you know. Like a whole new world. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. which is kind of scary. <laughs> and, you know, the things that we learned, um, oddly, you know, we're not really doing, which was it's good to specialize. And now we're not. 
Mm. Sort of taking the, the opposite approach. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, you can generalize and then re-specialize. That's what, that's what happened, yeah. We, yeah. we kind of, um, uh, you know, had a really tight focus and then we kept discovering, you know, new things that we could add on to that pretty organically. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to to have, you know... 20 tours that we have now oh, with wow. only a few people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, when we have a big group, um, it's a little easier to do it. Um, and, you know, all of us can, you know, run most of those 20 tours. So um, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. From a, from an overhead uh, standpoint, I'm, I'm trying to remember, maybe it was Todd with, no, not Todd fellow who runs the walking tours uh i hope i get this quote right but they're saying like you know the great thing about walking tours is people just need to show up with shoes you know there's no <laughs> there's no extra <laughs> overhead there's no right. bike to maintain you know so like i think branching out um diversifying and kind of like finding the best of both worlds is a pretty smart choice yeah it seems to be working for us now and i think that that we'll hone that as it as we grow um we're excited yeah awesome um, well, switching gears, uh, something that I'm excited about is uh, the beer bongers at Southeast, <laughs> Southeast Division. Well, well. Division. <laughs> I tried for it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, our generous, I think you made it work. Thank you. Yeah. Our generous supporters, uh, year in, year out, and donating beverages for the purpose of consumption upon the Spark a Podcast show. Uh, thanks, as always, to Sean and the crew down at Southeast 12th and Division. Where you can go and get some delicious beverages. Uh, this evening I happen to be having the Matchless Smooth Sailing Cocktail-inspired beer. Does not taste like a cocktail, but it does taste like beer, and that is good enough for me. Uh, what are you having, Matt? Yeah, I was going to go next since I stole Aaron's drink. <laughs> I have the, the Lionheart uh, Dry Kombucha in Ginger Fix flavor. It's great. Yes. You're missing out, Aaron. I Sorry. bet I am. <laughs> it's a nice dry kombucha. It's great. I'm just kind of like eyeing it now. Mm-hmm. And I have the Seattle Cider Pumpkin Spice Hard, hard Cider. Um, I, I think it's great. It tastes like it's not really very alcoholic, so I'm trying to be careful. Mm. Oh, could sneak like up on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In disguise. Yeah, it's 6.9%. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, well, I love Astoria, so whenever I see a Fort George, ah, yeah. uh, it's hard to pass that up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got the Kavanica uh, Stout. It's mm-hmm. quite delicious. I feel like that stout in particular, of stouts that I know of that are brewed in Oregon, is one of the most notable. Uh, you know, like, it, it's, your, it's your go-to. It's your, hey, I am going to show up and be happy with what is in this can. Oh, what? It's 8.8. Whoa. <laughs> well, maybe that has something to do with it. Who knows? Um, so thanks to the beer mongers. Thank Southeast, you so much. 12th and Division for their continued support. Um, very much appreciate that. Uh, switching gears a little bit, we had wanted to talk a bit about uh, Thursday Night Ride and also not Thursday Night Ride in the same sense. Um, wh- whoever would feel like starting, fill us in a little bit about that and sort of, you know, Aside from the tour industry, uh, that connection to Portland and wanting to do neat rides around town that anybody can show up to. Uh, yeah, so we've been uh, trying to find a platform where we can reach out to uh, um, more Portlanders or you know people that have just moved to Portland, and uh, we've been really wanting to connect with other local businesses to highlight them. 
you know, be able to take people to uh, maybe a new business that they haven't been to, you know, some type of, you know, exploring, you know, for instance, like salt and straw, most people have been there, but, you know, going and trying some ice cream or, you know, learning, learning a little bit more about what's in the community. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things that we have noticed about the very wonderful um, and popular Thursday night rides is that they're not approachable for everyone. You know, a cyclist, for instance, who doesn't know Portland really well, and ends up, you know, deciding that they want to leave the ride at some point. Well, how did I get here? Yeah, how do I get home? Uh, and so, you know, we are trying to take the same approach that we take to tour um, uh, route planning uh, to, you know, to having some local community-focused rides. We're calling it Sustain Your Community Ride. Ah. Um and and be able to, you know, like know where you're going to be at the end um, and know how long it's going to be, uh, which is, you know, something that tour guests always ask us and we mm. can't imagine not telling them. You know, of course, for many, um, many rides that uh, people go on for, you know, Petapalooza, like they have no idea. They're just along for the ride, which is a lovely feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's Until not such it's a lovely right. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> it is kind of a double-edged sword. I, right. know, uh, I think it's Midnight Mystery Ride that states kind of explicitly, like, you should know where you're at because you might end up in a place that you have no clue how to get back from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they've obviously had that problem before. Right. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a part of the bike community that we think is really fun, but there's, you know, certainly a, a whole group of people mm-hmm. that whose needs are not met by that kind of fun. And you've identified in some sense, a barrier to entry. Right, exactly. And so we've, we've had, you know, a lot of people come to us when they're um, about to move to Portland, you know, they're on a trip to, you know, look at, do an interview for a job. Edwin had a a woman who got a job here just this week or um, congratulations (laughs) it was all Edwin Edwin. yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was all me yeah Um, oh we know it yeah um and uh you know and or people who are looking for houses or deciding that they want to move here or you know come to us the first couple months and and want to go on a tour to explore more so that that's a you know, group of people that we already have access to in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to be able to provide more services to them that don't necessarily cost money every time because, mm-hmm. you know, people have limited money. Um, and, and also, you know, like bridge that gap of like, you know, wanting to meet people and wanting to figure out like, how do I get to my job or, you know, mm-hmm. on a bike or how do I get to the grocery store on a bike or whatever? How do I get to the, to cloud city on a bike? You know, the, yeah local ice cream shop yeah that makes me think of um there's a group in la that will meet you at your doorstep and their whole mission is they have a couple of like community leaders and they'll bike out um and and form a train of sorts and that train can go by your door and you can hop on and be like oh sweet this is how i get to work without getting hurt or maimed or otherwise is that the la bike trains or something else i would need to look it back up to be honest it's been a little bit since um I've come across that organization. Um, but yeah, it just seems like a neat, you know, neat, neat sort of thing where it's like we, I'll speak for myself, like often as, as that like um, very uh, confident cyclist on Portland roadways, uh, for lack of a better term, can sometimes forget how daunting that experience can be, even in a city as bike friendly as that which we have. Um, so yeah, it's a great way to like connect folks and, and you know, 
get get people interested and yeah. uh, and a good give back to the community yeah. as well. I mean, honestly, the bike community is kind of scary, um, even for somebody who knows the you know the city as well as we do. I when I get accidentally in the commute stream over the Hawthorne Bridge or up Williams mm. or Broadway or something. I mean, there are times when, like, I'm actually scared that I'm gonna, you know, get run over by a cyclist oh, because, really? okay. the, I mean, people want to get home really, yeah. really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think commute culture has that um, pitfall sort yeah. of built into it. The the get from point A to point B as fast as you can, and, and not intentionally, but also as a result sort of screw anybody else who gets in my way oh, we had huh. a we had a guest fall one day because yeah. of a fast cyclist passing. Oh, oh no, no. shit i feel like oh gosh that so that's an experience i've not had but maybe like i'm whenever i'm commuting i'm always just like who do i know who's on the bike path like who can i say <laughs> hi to i'm more like looking looking at faces and um trying trying to like make connections yeah i mean that's that's the great part of the commute you know Mm-hmm. Going over the bridge can be kind of the scary part. Yeah, yeah. I used to go in through Broadway. I I know what you mean in that regard. Some folks, it's just like we were talking about this last episode of just like, are you really in that much of a hurry? Right. I mean, like, right. yeah. All all like a car bashing aside, there's definitely some folks in the cycling community who could chill a little bit out, <laughs> a little bit, just a little. I mean, I think I think it's every community. Sure. You know, yeah, I, fair enough. I see runners all the time who are just like, I got to get through here. Mm-hmm. Um, not paying attention to the little kid running across their path. Right. So I don't think it's it's not exclusive to any community, but gotcha. you know it's definitely a cultural thing, and and to, like entering that, you know that rush in mm-hmm. any you know of any kind of whether or not you're you know like trying to drive somewhere in a new city where you don't know it, or you know trying to bike to work when you haven't done it before, mm-hmm. or you know would do you, the run. It's scary. Would you ascribe that more towards? in the most general senses, uh, the American culture of just like, get there. You know, I've talked to lots of people about this and <laughs> they tell me it's not just American. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, no, this is a, you know, worldwide phenomenon. We okay. got to get places fast. And, you know, we're, we're all about like, who's the fastest, like how many t- people, you know, have set records. And I mean, Alberto Salazar, he just got, uh, have you heard about this? I have not. Ni- okay. Nike's running coach, Alberto. S- uh, so I, you know, I have, done a lot of track um so i know a lot about the people in the track world and alberto salazar is the most famous long distance running coach in oregon okay um and for a long time like of, he, he works for nike era or now he's, okay. he's modern yeah gotcha um and he was a runner himself he set i think he set some records um he was just uh it was found out that he was uh, doping and encouraging no Nike athletes way. to dope. He just got fired. Shock yeah, and awe. I know, Shock right? <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're all super surprised. But, um, you know, like, it's like such part of culture that, mm. that we need to, like, you know, cheat and, and mm-hmm. use drugs to get ahead and be faster than everyone right. else. So just I don't that think. that sense of, like, needing to be just even even a fraction faster than the next person yeah Yeah. i mean i see this a lot in in you know like even friend groups um who you know everybody has to like be the fastest to get you know like Mm. on some run or i mean we compete ourselves to be the fastest up the hill from you know lateral falls to to vista house and and it's Mm -hmm. a friendly competition but you know like it's it's a common theme i'm always the slowest for the record Mm. (laughs) it's interesting uh 
that reminds me of a radio show I was listening to, and the artist was trying to get their um, kid into preschool. And there was a preschool entrance exam with such questions like, um, "What in what way will your child imbue a sense of community and purpose with our intentional community like type of stuff? And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like, where are <laughs> that we puts at? a lot of pressure on the kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm sure the parents fill it out, but right, right, right. good grief. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think their answer In was 500 like, words or less. <laughs> their answer was dinosaur or something like that. And I was like, yeah, you'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we're setting benchmarks for our three year olds, like, you know, <laughs> yep. that's going yep. to lifetime of pressure there. I yeah. feel, yeah. I feel yeah. like, you know, being the slowest should be a new goal for us all. Mm hmm. I'm all for that. Yeah, Leave I, 10 minutes early. <laughs> I didn't learn to uh, slow down until I started guiding. Ah. So that was something that uh, really taught me. Before mm. I was uh, all about, you know, getting that high number. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really fast. Hmm. It was really fast. You know, landed me in the hospital but uh, uh, when a car left hooked me. But, oh, no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, learning to slow down has, uh, you know, I think been pretty good. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, um, I like to say, it's the good things in life that slow you down. Yeah, could be the gray hair or my beard, though. or the left hook, <laughs> yeah, or the left hook. <laughs> yeah. I, I may have raced a, a guest today up the from the floating section of the East Bank Esplanade, but it was a first today. Mm-hmm. We tied <laughs> because I, I made it a tie. Nice, <laughs> nice. It was fun. Oh, it was really fun. Sweet. I'll probably never do it again, but. I'd never been in gear eight of our eight gear bikes. So Ooh. it started because I noticed like, hey, I'm in gear eight. Uh. So then he got in gear eight too. And then like <laughs> the hill started. So we, I said we could race. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never happen again. Like once was enough. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Then we rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our company motto is you are not en route. You are already here. Oh, okay. I forgot that momentarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by it's the time okay, you Maddie. remembered, you were already there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just say that to myself on uh, I eighty four when there's uh, yeah <laughs> when there's a wreck, tying just a bunch up, of yeah. red lights yeah. in yeah. front of me. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's uh, <laughs> have you has anybody ever seen like the Seattle uh, traffic clearing superhero? No, no. tell us all. Oh my gosh. Oh, and the, with the cars on the bus lane. Her? Cars on the bus lane? No, oh, it's, it's, this, the, oh, it's this video from like the 80s and it's this guy who is just very mellow and he's like, my job is to clear traffic and how I do that is I, uh, you know, drive very consciously through, because like it's Seattle, right? So you've got all this like stuff going on, but he drives and he has a certain like following distance that he obeys. And sure, people might cut in front of him, but he's like, it's okay. He's basically like Zen with the wind of like <laughs> the traffic. And it, his um, goal is to never hit the brake. So he's always, he's got some amount of gas just always going. And like, sure, he might not be uh, like bumper to bumper, but he's just like, whoop, kind of like creeping. I, I'll have to link this. It's just like this classic divisive video yeah. of the, some people who watch it and they're like, that fucking idiot. And like, there's other people who watch it and they're just like, oh, I wish I was like you. So like, <laughs> See, we just need to keep converting more people to, I wish I was like the Seattle yep. traffic clearing superhero. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll link it for you. Um, it's it's like one of my all-time favorites, but like that's 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 like who I aim to emulate when I'm, <laughs> whenever right I'm close to a freeway. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep keep. You do you. <laughs> yeah. Or just pretend that you're uh, got a bunch of Fabergé eggs or um, vials of anthrax that you're yes. transporting yes. for 
government <laughs> research or something. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, swell. Well, I, uh, in sort of wrap up here, would, would like to ask in closing, um, you're doing 20 tours currently. What is a tour that you're not doing right now that no holds bar you would love to put out on the table? Oh, industry you don't have to divulge industry secrets. <laughs> it could be something that just sounds pretty shiny to you. Uh, unicorns of Portland. You know, just where do they hide? Um, <laughs> who are they? And what are they doing here? <laughs> well, I mean, we actually do have a bunch of plans for a Sasquatch tour. Oh, yeah. And um, Would you go out to <laughs> Oregon City? Uh, well, well, Or, sorry, boring. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah boring of course that's way more interesting uh, yeah um, my, my brain flipped words and cities <laughs> would you go out to boring <laughs> of course we would cool no uh, but one of the things uh, we have been debating because we've heard a lot of stories about sasquatch and so on one of our recent hiking tours um edwin came up with what i think is a brilliant uh, theory about sasquatch because there's all kinds of different you know origin stories or like sure. explanations about why we have Sasquatch sightings, but no bones. Right. Um, one is that, you know, they get eaten by the deep forests in which they live. Cause they're like elephants and they just go die in a certain <laughs> right. place. And then they mm. get, the bones get the eaten. The graveyard is a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the other is that they're interdimensional beings and, you know, they flit in and out of reality. Um, so we have, come up with a theory um, and I'm developing the theory that Edwin just recently uh, espoused um, that it's actually, you know, it is real. It is like, you know, real in the way that any, anything we perceive is real, but it's the quest for that, that kind of epigenetic memory of the wild that we came from and yeah. so that quest to rewild ourselves uh, that yeah, we're yeah. seeing and and not like a being that's walking in front of us it's a mm. it's a nice theory okay nice and and it's very healing that's why so often you hear stories about sasquatch healing people huh dig it maddie any anything in the hopper Oh, I don't know i want to i want to like, think about sasquatch <laughs> Um, I yeah no I, like I said everything comes from Sarah's head okay, and gotcha. I, I, yeah. this is where Sarah used to do this and <laughs> okay well if I could plant a seed an urban arrow tour would be pretty cool. oh that would be pretty fun. <laughs> I, I'm currently borrowing um, an electric box feats and yeah it would be fun to to carry people around in that mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think that Maddie and I would both love any kind of tour where we got to carry things. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we have done the Bicycle Airport Express. Maddie actually ran one Bicycle Airport Express. It was Express. so oh, yeah? fun. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you did one for a visiting relative, right? Yes, for my, yeah. For my brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love doing them, in all honesty. If we should I... race one. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> no, you're fine. What did we just talk about, Maddie? What oh, did we just I'm gonna, talk about? I'm going to um, yeah, cut out the middleman and contact your brother for his next uh, visit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me meet you instead. Yeah, Aaron well, shows up probably, empty-handed. He'd probably prefer whatever bike you showed up with. I made him, oh, yeah. Yeah, I made him ride the, the fat bike. and So he doesn't even ride bikes very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I bring my cargo bike and carry the luggage. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if he wants to carry something, he can. But otherwise, he just rides an empty bike. Oh, yeah. He would would definitely. (laughs) History. 
a very scenic tour. Wow. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll never make I it in today's, it really today's airport express bike world anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. Um, well, yeah. Around Portland tours. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It's we, a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Don't, don't ever use that. Episode 487 and going strong, Tim. Yay. Um, so our one piece of headline is Portland bike commutes is at a 12 year low. Oh yeah. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's apropos to talk about it in the realm of, or with the company that we have here (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the realm of like, I think bike tourism, I don't know if you would, would we call this bike tourism? Bike tour? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that does a really good it's a good introduction to to biking around a city Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would honestly love to hear your perspective on how we got to the how did we get here (laughs) how did we get to this 12 but also like yeah what are the contributing factors and and what do you see as far as with with strangers coming into the city who are maybe they know biking in their realm or they're total strangers to biking and what their experience is in the city. I mean, this is still such a good city to bike in. Yeah. And so many people who come, especially for our, our in-city tours haven't been on bikes in years Yeah, and it works fine. Um, I, I've lately had so many people who haven't biked in decades and, you know, and I assure them this is the best city in America to bike in. And, I, you know, I also tell them, especially if they're foreign, you know, my mother's from the Netherlands. She's the only one that left <laughs> and I go there all the time. And I know how good it can be. But hmm. for America, this is like one of the best biking cities and you'll be fine. And I'll show you all the best routes. And um, so I don't know where that plays into our, our low yeah. commutership. But I also know... Um, I didn't actually read all the the articles and the the data, but a lot of times they only count work commutes. Right. Have you read? Th- that's the, what they're, they're that counting is, is yeah, only is work commutes. Yeah. So they're not so, counting people going to and from school, um, I think, which has gone up significantly in the last 10 years. I mm. mean, I started riding with my kids, you know, when I have they seen were really a lot little. More parents and there's so bikes. many more parents yeah. on bikes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a shame that work commutes have dropped for sure, but um, we have a lot of people doing (laughs) non-traditional commuting Uh, or or other usage of bikes that has gone up. Yeah. Uh, I got a number of friends that have started doing uh, telecommuting. So uh, their bike commutes have evaporated, but they were regular uh, commuters. And then also, yeah, what, what's going on? Mm. (laughs) Get out on your bike, right? Right. Well, it's interesting too. um, And I feel like, this could have also been in the news, but th- there's been a trend. Um, maybe it's just like each time it's announced, it feels like a cut to my soul uh, or something. But bit. like, it's uh, easy for me to skew it negative. Sure, sure. But it's also, I think, important to recognize. Yeah, like those differences. Like, I think uh, what I'm hearing is more research, more study is merited uh-huh. uh, because it sounds like there's offset, and then there's also um, a failure to account for all forms of mode within that mode share itself. Um, but the uh, bicycle BTI, BTI closed, uh, not BTI, 
UBI. UBI. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, UBI uh, officially announced that they are closing up shop and here are, in Portland. Yeah, just just in Portland. Just, just in Portland. Portland. They're moving just to, like back to Ashland. Yeah. yeah. So they're but they they still have the Ashland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. going to consolidate back. I to find Ashland. that very surprising. The Ashland. Wow. Um, uh, it sounds like a rent issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, the they're in a nice, up. fancy location, well, which wasn't fancy then and is now. So. And I think, as Jonathan at uh, Bike Portland pointed out, not any, not unironically, like were first to a neighborhood and then also out of a neighborhood that they were first uh, to. In that sense, yes, yes. Um, it, I won't, I won't, uh, maybe play armchair uh, quarterback at that one. But the, it is interesting because I feel like there's been this trend of closing bike shops recently. Uh, at least palpably like more so than is average, if you will. Um, at the same time, I think that the bike shops that are still around are doing a really great job and like have good um, customer base and good community base behind them because they understand that without community, you don't have shops. Um, but at the same time, it does make me wonder what percentage can be assigned to a correlated factor between that number that you had mentioned right. as a 12-year low and maybe like where things are at now. Um, I know personally, like moving to town towards the later part of the middle of that phase out, uh, like I have my own impression about like where things are, were then and are now. Uh Um, and I also know that like, I tend to skew more on the like more cynical side of things. Okay. So I really appreciate, uh, the, the talk about, uh, more parent cycling and that kind of jazz, because I think it's important to acknowledge that, um, it's not just people not cycling, uh, but that there's more to that number than appears at first glance. Right. And I, I think there is something to the idea that, um, that there's the big middle of the cycling world between the parents and the really hardcore commuters that does not have their needs met. You know, sure. there's not mm-hmm. a lot of shops catering to that, that um, community. And there's, there's just not a lot of, bikes made for them Mm -hmm. and we saw um a big bike supplier asi with that um i did breezers which is the bikes that we use for most of our work uh solid bikes yeah they're really great bikes and we don't know if they're going to happen again and that is partly because of the tariffs to china which has been hugely impactful in the the bike world i I I can't believe i didn't think about that as a factor yeah so that 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 is i mean i think that people don't really see that because it's you know if you're not on the industry newsletter right right well and and it and it's like adding a cost that you're not seeing right and you you're not like most consumers are not like tracking bike prices really carefully and seeing how they're changing over years that's something that only we're doing um (laughs) yeah uh, but i think that is having an impact and you know like taking away margins and you know the amazonification is always Blamed, and I don't think that's uh, that's an you know an incorrect thing to blame at all for you know some of the issues that bicyclists bike shops are having. Mm-hmm. But then you have you know people getting really cheap bikes that stop working fast, and they don't have a relationship with a bike shop to go into, and it stays in the garage, and they drive to work. Yeah, yeah. I think I think not in like counter to, to that, but um, at the bike shop, so that was some of our like best like quote relationships is people's bikes who would break every week or two (laughs) Um, (laughs) like yeah we we can we can toss 15 we can toss 30 we can toss 60 dollars of this but the conversation you really are having is like hey maybe you know if we're going to do this in the first place consider as an alternative to this investing in something that's going to get you like 90 percent of the way there 
Right, but you probably have a lot of people, like nine out of ten, who have that bike in the garage that they're just going to yeah, leave there. Yeah, and maybe we just didn't see those folks yeah. or, or such. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, shoot, well, it sounds like the jury's out. And yeah. uh, I would, well, that's, I'd love to know the numbers, because like, that's yeah. something that I had never uh, considered. Yeah. And we also have uh, a lot of instant services now, Uber, mm-hmm. um, Lyft, and then all the... Uh, bike share and scooter share mm-hmm. so kind of moving into a different way of thinking about owning things you don't, yeah you don't necessarily need to own a bike anymore because you have all these things right at your disposal that hey i got a car right here mm-hmm. i can go mm-hmm. i got a scooter i can go i got a bike i can go i can even go walk or i can jump on the bus yeah totally so, and that it's interesting that you mentioned like so in the concert of all of those uh one of the things that i think was most stated by um participants in the comment section for bike portland regarding some of these announcements was the fear of bicycle theft and when you have like those more communal or not communal but if you have like those more company options of you know your scooter gets stolen great cool that's that's you know that company's scooter <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not your scooter um <laughs> At the same time, it's kind of interesting because I feel like I let out this 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 sigh of like not res- resignation, maybe like attempt at acceptance of like what those numbers ultimately represent. And at the same time, I have to I have to feel that like incrementalism and Peabot and like the way that our streets are networked and engineered and the percentage of money that's put towards cycling infrastructure or scooter infrastructure is really like at the bottom of it more influential than any single thing that might come into or leave the market and so it's more of a disappointment in my mind towards that incrementalism and that like you can see where that goal line is and you have a city government that um is good in many respects but also pays a bunch of lip service in other respects. Lacks and like, the political will to actually get may, it done. Maybe, maybe chose at not one point, but many smaller points to oh, make okay. decisions that didn't lead us to like Copenhagen, for example. Um, so there's a disappointment there on my part um, and also a push for those organizations to reconsider their approach because it's not necessarily funding but lack of prioritization that i think has led us to a lot of the stats that we're seeing these days and and then there's the you know huge number of uh, injuries and deaths on the streets oh yeah which has got to take a lot of people off oh sure you know um, i mean i if vision zero is just word on paper then (laughs) oh we've got problems right no that's a that's a question i field all the time from coworkers who see me biking like isn't that dangerous or is like aren't you scared and you know the the truth of the matter is like yeah there are there are some real scary moments but and i could i could understand why a lot of people i work with wouldn't ever and i would almost suggest that they don't bike to work sometimes you know because that i think there is a is a real <laughs> a real and present danger on the, on the streets a lot of times when you talk about like the lack of of bike infrastructure especially and in, in yeah of not that. lack of but maybe lack of pushing the envelope on what sure, should be sure like we've got a but lot it's it's important to acknowledge I what mean, is present but to not rest on our laurels sure so to speak. sure we've got the the oregon bike law and now the the idaho stop law which the idaho stop law is a great success but again those things 
really it's it's just words on paper until well, you have enforcement oh, of right right uh, i mean like you have things. the green lanes like, and how many uh, like every day i mm-hmm. see yeah. bikes or cars, cars pulling into the to, to the green lane to it's turn right. A, yeah. it's got its own hashtag. It's right. not protection. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mean, yeah. that you know, we don't have a culture of enforcement of mm-hmm. traffic laws. And, sure, you know. yeah, sure, yeah. And so, I guess, like well, at the it, end of the day, I feel like it's Peabot and our regional transportation's like job to lay down that law and say, okay, well, guess what? We're gonna do right. it this way. Well, and they get to blame the police for not. You know, enforcing and sure, sure. There's a lot sure. of it's, it's easy to put it to someone else. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily put it right on enforcement so much as just this lack of understanding. Like, um, you know, you can say bikes can take the full lane till your face turns blue, but if nobody's actually both understanding and, and willing to allow bikes to have a full lane, then effectively bikes don't get the full lane it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. what the law is well and <laughs> but, as, as a close family member has said more than one or two times to me like would you rather be right or would you rather be dead right right exactly and there's definitely that factor but, okay so not to skew too negative as, as oh I i'm said, not skewing I, negative no, no, no. i just i'm just i want to <laughs> i want to talk realistically it, about all the I'm points <laughs> bring it back around in that yeah in that so there's there's certainly a number of things that's keeping us from commuting I think as, as people on bikes, but when you mentioned that it is only counting commutes and you're talking about parents on bikes, it did kind of change my way of thinking about this and go like, Oh yeah, there really is a lot. I have seen this year uh, a lot more parents on bikes. Not Mm -hmm. only that, when I first read the, the headline, I was really surprised or I was initially surprised in that I was thinking, well, there's, the Tuesday night adventure. There's Thursday night rides. There's none you know, of the, that counts. The, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, what do you mean bike bike riding is is down is at a twelve year low? Like, mm-hmm. the, I can count. Yeah, the world you know, naked so bike many, ride yeah. is at, a, at an all time high. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's but fun because we get access to people from out of town every single day, and so many of them are like are gleeful at how many other people they see on bikes yeah. while we're riding yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Or, or just our hiking guests who mention that they see so many bikes when they notice me pull up to lead the tour on my bike. And yeah, yeah. So it's it's not so going there, unnoticed. There is that a there silver is a lot lining of biking. here. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think yeah. there's there's a lot of great bike culture. I mean, my two younger kids are both now commuting at least one way to school by bike. Oh man, when it's nice, those bike wrecks at the schools mm-hmm. are just loaded. I love seeing bikes. I mean. I'm nervous seeing bikes locked to bikes, but I love seeing bikes locked to bikes because they have nowhere else to lock to because those racks are just full. And, and it was recently walk and roll to school day. Yes, it mm-hmm. was. Yeah, it's. I love that, honestly, like because you're like, oh, great, like Lee's bike is here, and I'm gonna like lock to him, and I'll just let him know in like third period, and yeah, we'll figure exactly. it out. <laughs> <It's> exactly. <great. laughs> that brings me back a little. Um, swell. Well, it's all not doom and gloom. But there's definitely some stats that might need to be retabulated and more holistic in their approach towards uh, making general statements about the cycling rate in Portland is what it sounds like. Uh, Yeah. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Thanks (laughs) for coming by. Totally. We very much appreciate your insight. Um, So we're not like an echo chamber in here. (laughs) (laughs) True that. Cynical echo chamber. (laughs) Well, yeah. Hopeful some days, cynical others. (laughs) 
Uh, we also have no mail today because we read no our, our mail. mail. Yes, but that's all right. What we what we need what we need to solicit from our guests here is a a theme in which to read our end credits. Mm-hmm. So we're reinstating an old tradition where the guests get to pick how we read our end credits, whether we use a, a silly voice of can, some kind. Can you do a, something from The Simpsons, please? Ooh. Ooh. Oakley dokely. Yeah, Ned Flanders-esque. <laughs> Cowabunga. <laughs> I'll try I, my best. Uh, <laughs> or you could just do everything in The Simpsons, you know. Just have okay. it all yeah. drawn yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So... I was going to discuss with you beforehand which one you're going to do, but you know what? I'm just going to see how this is going to right. <laughs> going to go. The heck with it. We'll do it live, <laughs> recorded, and played for your ears later. I got to think of it. Okay. Oh, I also got to read off yours. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is. The Sprocket Podcasty Doodly at doodly doodly dot comedy. Email to the Sprocket Podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> Call or text doodly dextily at five zero three eight four seven nine seven seven four Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J Lane for our themity themity music. Hurtbird for a headline sounder. Marcus Norman for the Grigvity graphic design. <laughs> and thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Katharina Mellingard. Wayneity Norman, Eric Ivity Iverson. <laughs> Cameron Leeson, <laughs> Richard Wazensky, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubity Kubily Kubilish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt. Who's, Who's a time any time traveler? Dave knows. <laughs> uh, where are we? Oh, Christmas. Caleb Jenkinson. Sorry, I really can't do that. <laughs> Ned Flanders. Uh, JP. Culity Culity. Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Loaf. Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado. Doodly. Doodly the Welderly. Anna. That's it. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G, Got Three Straw, who's sitting right next to me, next to me, Aaron Green, Idly author of We Were Like Sons, and founder of the Regrainerly Daily Campsite, Magnus David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rosen, Rurally in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harley Hugley, <laughs> EJ Fenner, Brad Hippoly, Hippoly, Thomas Gato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tamily, Derek Wagner Ragner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grossbeck, Chris Barely, Chris Barely, Chris Barely, Sean Baird, Simon Gregory, Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Doodly Oodly 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 Luna, Matthew Rooks, 
Cuddly Cuddle. I'm not sure how that was going to go. <laughs> Paula at Punataka Cycle Craft. Philip M's Barton Dilly Daily, no relationally. Mr. T, who never really left. Bike Initiative, Kiwana. Sarah G. Adam Diddly 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 D. Go dig a hole and Beth Hamily. And Greg Murphy. <laughs> Honor, <laughs> honorable shout out to Hari Kondabolu. <laughs> and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth and go to bed. I love how we run out the show music like by minutes now. <laughs>